We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday new on curiosity stream how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production could napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future and how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet james burke's visionary series connections returns for a new generation Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com.
find out momentarily. You know why we're going to find out momentarily? Because we are now live. Tuesday, 1 p.m. That means it's the PGA Strategy Show presented by Prize Picks. I am Ben Reza. I am joined. Talk some NBA with him. Late night, sweated the game. Eric Lindquist in the house. We are here to talk about the U.S. Open. A lot of big things happening and one of the biggest. You don't see it on the screen. But if you were hanging out with us last night, if you've gone to the website, you see the new name, Stochastic in the house. You already got to do the inaugural show. This is my first show with our new name. Sir, how did it go? How are you doing? It was great. Yeah, the maiden voyage was solid. I'm excited now that we know, now that we've got our sea legs. Uh, Round two, uh, excited to talk a little bit of golf. Coming out with a major here this week, looking forward to some U.S. Open talk, but uh, definitely looking forward to all the good things going on here at Stochastic. No doubt about it. I know people are going to have questions. You're going to hear this a lot. Just I'll summarize it very quickly. Literally nothing is changing. That's all I need to say. Everything is the same. We just changed our name. So we are ready to rock. Uh, You'll be seeing that updated in the next couple days. We're going to get the prize picks in a second. We're going to look backwards first, though. Rory. Took it down, 21st career PGA Tour win. He vested off some big-time names. JT was in the hunt. Finau was in the hunt. Fitzy got a quick start. Uh, it was a good leaderboard uh, up in Canada. These guys look primed to contend once again this week, and we're going to get to it. What were your thoughts? A lot of big names were in that hunt last week. Yeah, it was beautiful. I will say I only made three bets last week, and two of them were Sam Burns-related, top five, top ten. So to be able to cash those, that was from the betting, the betting video that you and I did uh, last week. So I gave those out. Uh, they just were too good of odds to get over at FD. Looking forward to this one again. Last week it was so top heavy. It found it. I, I found it very difficult to find value in the betting streets. I think there's plenty of it this time around. Especially in DFS, we've got top tier options. We've got mid tier options. We don't have any low six K guys, but we definitely have places all over the board that we're going to be scattershotting and lots of different builds, lots of tea time draws, lots of different things to be looking at going into this week at the country club. At the country club, indeed. Before we talk about the country club, you, you mentioned a lot of different things to break down. Certainly, one of them has to be prize picks. That is something that you've extensively. Uh, done a ton of content over on the Odd Chopper channel and here at Stochastic. Talk to me a little bit. Now, I want to give people, we still have the promo code Osimo for that $100 first match deposit bonus. It's a different format. I know you've had a ton of success over there lately, and this is a way to get some exposure to golfers outside the normal DFS. This is where you're pay- basically doing over-unders, five-player lineups. You can net up to 10x your entry free. And again, promo code Osimo for a $100 first match deposit bonus. I know you've scoured over there. You find those edges and you also will get that one free month uh, of all our platinum tools. What did you think and what do you how do you like to approach golf in general? Is there a type over on prize picks that you really lean to? Do you just kind of surf against the the odds makers? How do you go about your approach? Yeah, what the second part of what you just said is really important. If I can find sports books that if I can aggregate some stuff, grab from DK, FD, from other places around the industry, Bet MGM, if I can put it all into one place and kind of average out some of the odds and find some places where there's some inefficiencies for golf, I will do that. Uh, obviously, birdie or better matchup, you can group by birdies per round. You can basically have certain skill sets and you can see if there's an advantage with one golfer over another. There's some really interesting matchups they put up every week, even this week, like a Phil Mickelson versus Jim Furyk. I don't really have a lean in that one, but in, in terms of birdies are better, but you definitely get these very intriguing type plays that you just do a little bit of research on. And, and so far, I like betting him as a number, but there's one guy in Kevin Na, eight and a half fairways hit. There's going to be a plentiful amount of times that he's going to be up on that tee box, and, and I'm going to be playing him in DFS. I think I'm going to be betting him here. But this under eight and a half fairways hit for round one makes some sense to fire. It is going to be tough off the tee. It always is at U.S. Opens. Puts a premium on putting the ball in the fairway. And Kevin not really not really doing that at a high enough clip for him to be valued as some really uh, the the same as some really good drivers of the golf ball for you know half a half a fairway more in John Rom Will Z Xander Shoffley and then guys below him uh, you've got uh, Joaquin Neiman Sam Burns I guess identical numbers kind of seems weird that Kevin Nas put in the same respect so uh, that is going to be a definite attack on the under. 
That's a good one. No doubt about it. He also has an afternoon tea time. That certainly doesn't help. His cause could be windy as well. So those are just the things that you can get over on Prize Picks. We'll be talking about them throughout the show. But you mentioned the country club. You mentioned this is a U.S. Open. So we know it's going to play difficult. This is a course we have not seen. Uh, Fitzy won the U.S. Amateur here. I think it was about a decade ago. You 2013. Know, yeah. So that's really all we have to go off of. And I think you can't draw a ton from that if you can draw anything. What we do know, the rough will be up. These are small green complexes. You're going to need to attack it off the tee. You're going to have to get up and down from some precarious lies. You're going to have to make some putts. It's an all-around test. We've seen it time and time again. I think it's you know not Aaron Hills-esque. I think it's more Wingfoot-esque. What do you think we see this week? Yeah, I mean, you can look at the Ryder Cup that was here, one of the most famous Ryder Cups of all time, the, the Sunday charge in the singles play, the Justin Leonard putt on 17. A lot of that stuff is all good and fuzzy and warm. But Gil Hans, the second time back-to-back majors that we're seeing a restoration for him, they've revamped some stuff. And this this rough is just ridiculous. Uh, hit up my buddy to, to get some inside info from Homa, from some of these other players that are out there. And they're like, yeah, you better hit the ball in the fairway because otherwise you're punching out in some spots. There's a lot of 500-yard par fours. Nine has like a neck fairway where they're just like, if you hit it in the rough, you're laying up short of the water and then you'll have 170 in. Like you have some of these ridiculous things where it's a one and a half shot penalty in some places for making these kind of mistakes off the tee. So it is a definite premium on getting the ball in the fairway and then around the greens. We talk about this a lot at U.S. Opens. You've got to find ways to make 10-footers, 8-footers for par. You just need to be keeping the round together, keeping the round intact. And for from a DFS perspective, you're going to see bogeys. Like It's going to be very rare, if ever, that you really find any guys that don't go out and make bogeys. You're not going to have any a lot of those bogey-free rounds or streak bonuses. And if you do, it's just kind of a bonus. You're just looking for guys who can keep the putter intact, make some of those par putts, keep their rounds intact and avoid those doubles or worse. It's clearly going to play difficult. There's clearly going to be a premium on placement points because streaks, bonuses, under 70 bonus, I don't think is going to be in play this week or even the winner. So the the majority of your points are going to come from where you finish. And and it's going to be that thing, five of the other thing, top 60 and ties in a 156 man field. This is the hardest cut to make all Mm -hmm. year six of six is going to be crazy low um how you attack it i think for me i want guys who are going to gain strokes off the tee it doesn't have to be with distance you could pepper fairways you're gonna have some long irons in but i think that is really important obviously i prefer them also to have a really crafty short game you can't have everything but to me it does seem like if you're not able to drive the ball even somewhat effectively I'm not sure your irons can make up for it because you're going to be, you're not going to be rolling it up to these greens from what I've seen. You're going to be punching out and having, you know, 130 yards left for birdie. Pretty small greens too, all things considered. Like this is, I mean, it's not like a, like a Pebble Beach US Open or something of that nature, but uh, smaller green complexes than you would expect. It's, it's just going to play hard and you want to have those five tool golfers, guys who do a little bit of everything. Um, it's, it's going to be a grind. There's going to be guys who you expect to play well, who play like absolute dog doo-doo or have one or two holes really bite them in the ass. Like it's going to be an absolute grind, but that's kind of what makes it fun. We can play the ownership game. We can take some uh, things that we've seen here of late recent form. We can kind of add those to the mix. Plus, we get this mixture of live golf guys who we haven't seen for a while. I don't really know how to value certain ones or what what their mental state. I I don't really know what to do, but I do know that you're going to see an ownership decrease now that some of those guys might not be in the public's favor. So I'm finding some different paths for this U.S. Open that are just making it really, really fun to build lineups. That's what we're going to try to do. I think skills that, you know, stacking up a skill set is going to be very important for some of these, but... We've got, a, of course, a board filled with all the top players in the world. Everybody is here, regardless of where they play uh, in the non-majors, starting with Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas. These are the winners of the majors this year. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, Colin Morikawa. So when you look at this, seems pretty standard. This is the who's who. Scheffler still leads the pricing. How do you go about attacking the top tier in a major? Uh, well, the top tier is fantastic, and they're the guys who are the most 
likely to play well every single week. That's not breaking anything new, but what we have seen is a lot of concentrated ownership around Rory McIlroy early on here. And I think that it's impossible based off of what we saw last week, that that's not going to maintain that makes John Rahm and Justin Thomas really, really intriguing to me to 11, three for Scotty Scheffler is really cost prohibitive. And I've built a couple of lineups where I just find it difficult to get all the way up to him with some of the mid range values that I want to get to. And that just makes Justin Thomas at 12% and John Rahm specifically six and a half percent. I, I get it. The putter has been a bugaboo for him of late John Rahm. That is, but he's just, he's such a good driver of the golf ball. We saw him when the U S open last time around in Torrey pines. And a lot of these golf courses do get set up very, very similarly. You're so penal off the tee, very tight fairways, and you got to be making par in, in some of these spots where you can just get it rolling, make some big putts. And John Rump's proven to do that in majors and big tournaments before. I think if you're going to give me him at six and a half percent, you're going to give me Justin Thomas 12% with his increased putting with this new putter that he has in the bag that Scotty built for him. I like those two guys a lot compared to Rory at his current ownership, even though it's hard not to like Rory. It's just going to be a, a ownership thing for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, Rory, uh, I certainly like him. He's playing fantastic. He has vaulted to the favorite in the betting markets, and I think that's right. But he is going to be very, very popular. If I had to only play one guy here, it would be John Rahm. Uh, I bet John Rahm at 17 to 1. I know he's not at the height of his powers. It's been mostly around the green problems. He's not a bad around the green player, though, and certainly I think it's pretty clear that he can handle the U.S. Open conditions considering he is the defending champ at the U.S. Open. So we've seen him. He's still making cuts. He dusted off a, a really easy field. And Mexico did get a win. Uh, I like him, and I think the ownership won't be there. You want to play JT? You want to play Scheffler? You want to play – I mean, of course you can do that. There's no doubt. But for me, I would order it Rom, Rory. I, so let's work down a little bit. You've got Cam mm-hmm. Smith, who really, of all these guys, has the weakest off the tee game. Yeah, then you've got thing. Colin Marikawa, whose short game is – not competitive at times. What do you do with them? I don't think they'll be popular. Can you get to them in this price range? Full fading both. Okay. Full fading. I, 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 so here's, if you want to play some Rory and I want to play some Rory, you got to find ways to do it. That makes sense. I'm cutting out. I'm not going to call them riffraff because Colin Mark Howard's a major winner. Cameron Smith uh, is, is a fantastic player and it's just, you know, found ways to burn me time and time again. But as you said, his driving over the last 100 rounds and just a 100-round sample size, 95th in strokes gain off the tee in this field. I'm sorry. In a U.S. Open, that is not competitive for me. I would rather play Morikawa between the two, but the putter and everything else, we saw the, the green speeds at the British Open be a lot slower for him, ended up allowing for him to be successful. These U.S. Opens, I don't know. Like the PGA Championship that he won in San Francisco, I think that's still set up pretty well for him. A lot of left-to-right tee shots. He was very comfortable with the driver that week. Obviously, we saw that come to fruition on that par four. He hit a dart on. This just doesn't feel like the kind of golf course I would rather click on his name as opposed to driving beasts like Raman McElroy. So I'm just going to cut out the ownership entirely, even in 150. I will not have a single share of either of them. That's interesting. So I, I do think uh, clearly when you talk about plays like this in a, in a field with the top 60 in ties, you know, for like Millie types, the game theory is so strong that slant pivots are effective, I think, almost blindly. But I am with you. I think these guys are distinctly behind the guys right above them. Cam Smith has proven time and time again, he can get away with a lot, but I just think on paper, this is not the best setup for him. And I don't think Morikawa is really playing that good. He's still one of the best, if not the best iron players in the world, but everything else has been lackluster at best. And we've seen it reflected in the result, zero top 25s uh, in about two months on tour. So I'm not really there, but I want to work down a little bit to the next range because do you, do you put Hovland with them too? Or do you say that Victor Hovland and his chipping woes is someone that you could still get to? The big difference for Victor Hovland and, and the comfort you have there is that he can be so dominant ball striking that if, if he has to punch out, you know, once or twice, like everybody else, sweet, but like, he's not going to have to do it nearly as often as the guy like Cameron Smith, who who's going to run into a lot of problems plus everything we just saw from Cam Smith in Canada and people are still getting to him at a near 10% clip just because it's a major. I will live with the results of whatever, but Victor Hovland around the green chipping, whatever else, 
there's going to be a lot of people who struggle with that. And I'm not sure. I think this goes into the build around skill sets type type plays when you're hand building out some lineups and, and specifically going through your lineups to try to get some of those groups together. I think Victor Hovland just, if, if it's not going to be, if everybody's going to have difficulties around the green, it becomes a little bit of a moot point. And he's a decent enough putter. He's had some really, really nice putting weeks of late that I feel just a little bit more confident having his ball striking third in the last hundred rounds combined with some of this phenomenal putting that we're seeing from him. I know he played like absolute garbage off the tee at the Memorial, but that is such an outlier. He had gained uh, in six straight tournaments, tee to green coming into that event. And then he was just woeful around the green, but the putting 4.1 and 5.8 strokes game putting, he could just outstripe everybody in some kind of a capacity. And if it's going to be that long and difficult for everybody, it might even out the field a little bit. So Hovland, I definitely still have interest in. So the thing that's interesting about Hovland that that's a little disturbing to me is that he's been putting certainly fantastic in the last couple of events, and it's equated to a 21st and a 51st. Like if you told me that Hovland was gaining four or five strokes putting, I would assume he's coming in off a top five, maybe a win something of that nature. His ball striking hasn't been nearly as good. He lost six strokes around the green and Memorial. That's an outlier, but that is obviously the weak link in his game. I think he is a great skill set stack. I think he belongs with the really good off the tee guys, some pure ball strikers. If you think that this becomes a chipping competition, he would be the last guy. Maybe I would go to uh, above like 8k. He is that bad. He's the, he is of the elite players, the worst around the green player, I think on tour by a large margin too. Yeah. You just, that could get you in serious trouble here. Yeah. But again, those are the risks you're going to take. I don't think he's going to be popular. Him and Morikawa are going to be the clear leverage because Xander Shoffley, I think is, we're going to talk about big time chalk in each range. I think that Xander Shoffley could be that guy in the mid nines. You've got him and Spieth. DJ's back from live. Will Z can't lay Decky and Shane Lowry. Who's going to be popular. Do you buy into the Xander chalk? He loves us opens. He's playing better. What do you do there? Yeah. So for those who don't know, here you go from 2017 till 2021, Xander Shoffley in us opens fifth, sixth, third, fifth, seventh. I don't know how he's not going to be popular. He should be popular with that kind of, uh, with that kind of results. I mean, these golf courses are no joke. But you put him on a difficult track, you make him go out and try to grind for a score. And Xander is very capable of doing that. Uh, we, we've seen him even at the Phoenix Open third. So, I mean, he can go out and put up numbers. But, like, he's just a solid all-around player. The Masters, he just didn't play well, missed the cut there. That was frustrating to anybody who rostered him there. The players' high-variance stuff, he was on the bad side of the tee time draw. It was one of the most uh, ridiculous amounts of splits we've seen there. I just feel like... Everything trends to play Xander Shoffley. And I know that he's chalky. I understand he's going to be extremely popular in this range, but he should be. We've seen the results. Five straight U.S. Open's worst results, seventh. Now, does that automatically make him a lock to be a top 10? I don't think so, but really hard not to have interest with that kind of a track record. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that it's, I mean, we talk about this all the time. The reason guys are chalk is because their price and their form make them good plays objectively it's just in a high variance setting like a u.s open you got to be cognizant you don't want to pair three or four of those guys up in a lineup so i'm on board with xander he checks all the boxes he's playing very well the masters was a disgrace but other than that he rebounded really nicely from that i want to talk about the guys kind of between him and lowry though Patrick Cantlay has had a good year, but in the biggest tournaments, it's been a disaster. He was awful at the players. He was a non-factor at the Masters. He got beat by several PGA pros at the PGA Championship, never mind just missing the cut. He was almost dead last in that whole field. Around that, fourth, second, second, and third. What do you do with him? Decky is there. Will Z, who you bet on our Odd Shopper show this morning at 32-1, to rising them. Yeah, Will Z just really stands out to me as a guy that I want to play. And I've been waiting for chances to buy in on him. It doesn't feel like I, I've really been on the right side of him for however long. But we're we're seeing a 25-year-old who's just equipped to handle major championship golf. And he can just outstripe these guys. I mean, we're seeing unbelievable tee to green game. I mean, it, he was flat at the Shriners. That was the last time in August. When was that? No, October 10th, 2021. Since then, we're talking six, 12 and a half, five, four, seven, 
three and a half, 10. These are all his strokes gained T to green. We're talking a ridiculous streak of ball striking here out of him. That is far more consistent for me. And now we're starting to see some spiked punting weeks. Two of his last three weeks, he's been positive in that department. Anybody who watches him hit short putts, it's not a comfortable feeling. Everybody who watched Sunday at Southern Hills was not exactly feeling like a warm blanket if you rostered him the way that we did. But I'm going back to him here. It's it's just a kid that I believe is now equipped to, to handle this. I didn't know what to make after his master's streak last year. It it never really burned me until, you know, the, the early part of this season, sixth and second, the Amex and the Farmers. Farmers being more of a comp course to a U.S. Open, of course, with how much uh, Torrey Pines has hosted opens. But uh, I feel like Will Z is just an easy buy for me. You're going to see some really extreme chalk above him and Xander below him when we get to my boy, which I'm already dreading talking about. But I love, love playing Will Z and betting Will Z this week. Yeah, I think that he makes a lot of sense. I prefer Decky. Uh, I think him and Cantley are interesting. I want to see where that ownership gets. Again, that's where our premium tools really come into play. Uh, you know, they do a great job here, and that's something I want to look at. Can you start? Okay. Uh, can you start with Xander and go balance? Absolutely. The only thing yep. you're not going to be creative, but doing that, you, you can do it, and you'll obviously be able to differentiate. But a lot of people are going to forego the 10K range and just start with Xander. No doubt about it. The last question Are you going to play DJ? No. Okay. I, I say, thought about it. I thought about it. I, I might end up with, I mean, he's 1% and it's Dustin Johnson. So as it stands right now, maybe I'd get to a couple shares. But when I, when you say like, am I going to play him? Am I going to play him in a three max and a 20 max? Yeah, a core not, potential core play. Not even a chance. No. Okay. I will say he is north of 40 to one in the outright market. And although I don't think he's going to play well, that's a price that I can get behind just blindly. I still think that DJ has a winning upside when it comes to it. He's not a priority for me. Either I assume you're in on Shane Lowry. Yeah. Yes. Shane Lowry at flat nine. Yeah. How can you not be? He is just an absolutely hardcore specialist. He's playing fantastic. The price is right. I think one of the questions would be, can you start with him? To me, that's teetering on a little too thin. Uh, You're foregoing about 10 to 12 of the best players in the world. I think it could be done, but it would not be my preferred build. Not the preferred build, but it's absolutely easily done. Eight. K range. It's just loaded. Uh, you've got Neiman, Cam Young, who obviously mirrors Will Z in a lot of ways. Brooks, uh, Billy, if Billy Ho wins, that's it for me. Fitzy could be the most popular player on the slate. Daniel Berger, can he rebound in majors? Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Max Homa, Ty Hatton, who's been playing like absolute garbage. What do you do with this range? Obviously, Fitzy's going to be a lightning rod right in the middle. Why does God hate me with Sam Burns ownership? Like what, what did I do to deserve this? Why is he going to be popular? He's 40%. Well, that that's not going to happen obviously, but good. I hope he is chalk. I don't think he will be. Honestly, I think we're going to see that come down. Obviously it's only Tuesday. Uh, Once we rerun that he is playing fantastic. I think that's a pretty, do you honestly think this is a good spot for him though? Not his preferred surface. I still think he's just ball. He's striping it. And you can take that and travel with that anywhere you go. That's, that's really kind of the X factor. Cause I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be as proficient putting as we've seen the last three weeks. I mean, again, extreme Bermuda splits guy who's now just put the entire package together, uh, you know, fifth at the PG or sorry, uh, 20th at the PG championship game, five strokes putting first at the Schwab, obviously five strokes game putting. And then 3.7 at the RBC last week, with negative off the tee, that was his first time in his last four tournaments where that was the case. If he's serviceable off the tee, and he has, he does have potential. We saw at the Sanderson Farms last season, gained six. He's had some of these massive spiked weeks. Shriners, almost four strokes gained off the tee. He bombs it. And if he's in play, it's hard not to have interest. But at his current ownership, this is the first time and probably the only time that I would say this. If he's going to be this popular, I will be under the field. And I will probably end up kicking myself, but it kind of has to be done when you start talking about this extreme of chalk. If, if he is, and I'm telling you, he's not going to be, but if he's even remotely this popular, he would be on the short list for the worst plays in the history of DFS. Uh, oh my God. No, no, he would. He's not going to be that popular. So Sam Burns, why do I you think, hate me so much? Why do you hate my Sam Burns takes? 
anyone in a U.S. Open, including Fitzy, who I Correct. still like. When you're I talking about Fitzy. a top 60, and t- that is brutal to make the cut. And, and these guys, particularly Sam Burns, his next evolution, and he's going to get there, is doing it not in shootouts. We know he can score and roll it. Can he avoid bogeys? Can he grind out you know, a two over par and pick up strokes? against the field. We really haven't seen that as much. I do think it'll come. He's played three U.S. Opens, miscut, 41st miscut. I think most of that's irrelevant. He is worlds better than he was when he was in most of those events. Uh, so I don't read a lot into it. I still think that Sam Burns is more likely to win an event at 20 to 25 under than at zero, you know, even part of five under. So that's, that's the new uh, evolution. Brooks? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Really? First time I can remember having interest in Brooks Kepka, and it's kind of like a, rem- a remember me spot. It hasn't been pretty, but I, I do just think that there are times that he is completely un- uninvolved. And if he gets off to a bad start, it'll probably be another one of those weeks. He's never the guy. We say it all the time. He's never going to be the guy who grinds out a top 25 for you. He's just not that guy. He will fall back. He'll coast over the weekend and not even try. But recently married seems like he's all about all the the negative publicity going towards these other guys. Take some of the steam off of him. And obviously there's no way of looking at that and saying, oh, well, here's the data to, to prove that. But what does prove what he's capable of is his track record in U.S. Opens. The guy is just outrageous when it comes to competing in these type of venues. He gets up for majors. He's probably the one guy where you can kind of throw out everything that you've seen from him all season long and just look at fourth, second, first, first, 13th, 18th, fourth. That is his last streak of his previous seven years of U.S. Opens that he's played in. Uh, The seven U.S. Opens, I mean, that's just a ridiculous run of form. He gets up for majors. He prepares for him here in a certain way. Given he's not, you know, unowned uh, like the way a DJ is, but even at like seven, eight percent, this is definitely the first time in a long time that I have interest in Brooks Kepka. I do think, again, a lot of this is going to tell the tale with, with ownership. If Brooks is really low owned, I may force a little in. I think that Same. clearly there are players, a lot of players, maybe the whole range playing better than him. But you're going to have to roll the dice a little. And I, I do like Neiman. I do like Fitzy. I think that Homa and Finau are, are fine. Berger, I'm kind of indifferent to. Uh, and Sam Burns, yeah, Chad has pointed out, Sam Burns is, is getting much better at bogey avoidance. I still think the U.S. Open is just a little different, though. Last guy, can you blindly go back to Ty Hatton, who really looks like he's struggling out there? He was non-competitive last week, but clearly at flat eight, it's a good price. I just don't know if the game is in, in any good shape. I have zero desire. Okay. I think and, everyone's going to say that I, I kind of have some interest in Millie type structures because I still think that Ty Hatton, who's a winner at API. And I did comp the state API a little bit when he's on, he can handle us open conditions. If he, if he unravels and he's complaining about the course as he does every week, well, it's going to be a short week for Ty Hatton, but I'm willing to take that risk. I mean, I saw him play too much golf. He was paired with Sam Burns at the masters and you know, you guys know me. I walked around with that group for quite a while. He's just, he's not in a good place with the driver. He's not in a good place with, I mean, he's just talking after every single golf shot. And at a certain point, like even when you've seen him compete, he eventually, for his level of intensity, he kind of settles down. He's really unnerving as it stands right now. You said API, yeah, he always plays well at that golf tournament. It's one golf course. 
it, it's, it's the one golf course that he just constantly shows up at, uh, for whatever reason. And yeah, it's a difficult, difficult golf course, especially over the weekend when we saw this season, but I, I still just prefer every single guy in the range. Fair enough. Uh, and yes, Brooks has serious red flags. What he's been doing, he hasn't been playing well. He might have hip issue. All of that, I think, is factored in. And that's why I only you remember last year with Brooks in his knee. He fell down the stairs. He was hobbling. I went from having tons of interest to having very little of him. And then he goes out and gets second. Like, I mean, it's Brooks at the U.S. Open. There, there's no doubt yeah. there's something there. Uh, so I, I think you just kind of have to leverage that appropriately. Like if you really like Xander and you want to mix it up, Brooks is an interesting second man in. Um, all right, let's keep working down. I will say if you're hopping in, you're checking out awesome slash stochastic, uh, maybe for the first time you want to join, press subscribe right there. And if not, you want to just support the stream, hit the like button really does help us out. We are marching towards 80,000 subs here. And I know over on odd shopper, if you're looking for those betting picks, just head to odd shopper, YouTube, you'll see me, Eric, the entire team over there. Still got plenty of names. That's the beauty of majors guys like Corey Connors, Mito, Aaron wise. I mean, Bryson is in this range, but I think he's irrelevant. Fleetwood, Usti is back. Sunjay M might be the most mispriced guy on the entire season. I honestly believe that. Talk to me about what you see in the upper sevens. Oh, I mean. You don't think Sunjay's, like, I think he legitimately is a mega chalk. Mega chalk. And he should be. Mega. Are you still going to play mega chalk, Sunjay M? So, again, I think that's where it's really important to lean on the tools and to understand it just because he's chalk doesn't mean you should fade him. But if you like Fitzy and Xander, I would strongly suggest not using Sunjay M on that team, but say you're like, you know what? I'm going to use Brooks and I'm going to be different. I'm going to use Decky. Well, Sunjay, I think would be a great third man in on a team like that. Cause he is positioned perfectly here. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's super popular. He should be super popular at that number. And you look at the rest of the he's range and makes sense it's absurd my favorite guy to get to is mito pereira um we obviously all know that the heartbreak that he ensued at southern hills and uh the double bogey on 18 that kept him out even of getting into the playoff there but uh the guy is just a ball striking machine and we're seeing some opportunity for him to compete and and even coming off of the pga 7th and 13th I don't know about you guys, but I, I was kind of expecting some, some scar tissue from Mito that never showed up. And that's a positive to, to kind of mint out. The putter has to get back on track. We, we've only seen one positive putting performance in his last five weeks, but you don't need a win out of this range. You need some guys who can go out and make some birdies and you know actually put up some numbers. I mean, placement points are the most important factor, but Mito Pereira is the kind of guy who can actually do some scoring on a difficult golf course for you. We saw it at the PGA. I think we could see it again here this week. So Mito Pereira is kind of the guy that I feel like I'm landing on the most here. Over wise. Over. And I love wise quack, quack 7,800, but uh, Mito for a little bit more ownership. I don't know. Aaron wise was great at the Memorial. I'm not negating that. They're both playing fantastic. There's no doubt. Yeah. But that was basically one result as opposed to Mito, who's doing it week in, week out right now. And I'll just take the even the short form track record, like other than the second for Aaron Wise, he's been good. He's been very acceptable. Sixth at the Mexico championship. But otherwise, we're looking at like 23rd at the PGA, 51st at the Byron Nelson, 21st at the RBC. Like Mito's getting in the mix week. He's getting in the mix week in, week out. It's it's been just a ridiculous run. So yeah, I, I do prefer Mito. I would prefer Wise. Uh not not a strong take either. I would prefer Fleetwood over both of them. So that's my next question. Tell me Fleetwood, 7,700. Maybe it's just that one round at Chinnacock and I'll never let that go. But he is just 63. playing just incredible golf in the, sense, in the form of consistency. He is making cuts now. He was fifth at the PGA. He's not going to mind difficult, windy conditions, anything like that. I think the price is right here. He's right next to Sanjay. So we can't be, you know, ridiculously popular because all these guys are going to garner some interest. Louis would be the crazy leverage because nobody's thinking about him. He's over on the live tour. Uh, but I like Fleetwood quite a bit this week. So for me, it, Fleetwood's great. And, and what at the height of his powers, what did Tommy Fleetwood do better than everybody else? He had good hair. It's not the answer. This uh, is a professional show. We're debuting stochastic today. Please stop it. Yeah. 
He's been a fantastic iron player. We're starting to see him because like if he's going to go out and compete in a U.S. Open or if he's going to put himself in a place where he's going to play very, very well for you, he's got to be so hot with these irons. And it's nice to see the PGA 4.7, 1.7. He's now been positive six straight. If you go back to 2020, when this real, like the problems really started showing up, we were seeing like negative six, negative seven strokes gain approach. We're talking insufferable stuff that you can't recover from because he needs to be good with the irons. That's just, if you, if you go to 2019, if you go to 2018 and you just look at the bright green column, what did he do really, really well? He had some times when he strike with the, off the tee game, but it was routinely just picking up shots with the irons and Now that he's back into that streak of play, you look at him as a different player. The putters always had massive spike ability. It ran into a poor run of form in 2021, but partially I probably wouldn't putt very well if I knew my irons were complete garbage and that was the best part of my golf game. So 8.2 strokes again, putting at the RBC, ridiculous stuff, Uh, but more consistent in the putting department as well. Uh, He's definitely trending up for me. I'm glad that you take notice as well, because he's definitely somebody I'm interested in to to roster as well. I think that's kind of my main issue with Sungjae, like at his current ownership. I think you could definitely play a little bit, and it's impossible to get away from a guy who's this underpriced. But there's so many guys just above him that you're getting one third or, you know, at least half of the ownership on. And Mito, Wise, and Fleet would all kind of check the boxes for me at a U.S. Open. Again, that's where game theory is very, very important because if they were all the same ownership, I would take Sunjay over basically the entire range. But is is Sunjay like five times as likely to beat Usti? No, I don't think so. And I do think that Usti will be 150 ownership, maybe even more. And those are some things that you need to look to. If you want to just play all the chalky guys, hit the lobby and play cash games. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you can load up Sunjay Fitzy, Xander, and fill out with three other guys. I just think for tournaments, you're going to want to mix it up here and there. Uh, you can't play all these guys. There's no doubt. I think Louis is my preferred pivot off wise and off Fleetwood and, and Sunday would be the mega chalk. Now, working down answer is there. That's an interesting name. Then I think it starts to, to teeter. You've got Seamus, Gooch, Keegan, Webb, Munoz, Harris English. I don't even know he was in the field. Harold Varner, Henley, Sergio. Would you find anything in the lower sevens that you're interested in? How do you break down this range? I mean, Davis Riley. Yeah, I know I like him more than you do, but not at this ownership that we currently have. So that's going to be a hard pass for me. I don't really know what to think about this entire range. It's, It's a really uncomfortable spot to be looking at. God forbid I say Patrick Reed. I really don't want to do that whatsoever. Justin Rose, I'm kind of surprised to see him. Uh, as popular as what he is just because of one round of golf. I'll probably have to be a little bit lower on that too. I think the guy that makes me feel the most comfortable getting to just for tournament purposes would be KH Lee. He's 7,100 sub 4%. I think there's actual upside there. It's just a really uncomfortable range. I, I really don't have any strong leans whatsoever. It might be a scattershot approach there. I think I am pretty consolidated where I want to go at the eight, nine, 10 K range. I think the low sevens just might be scatter shot, shot the entire board. You have Gooch, who has had a good year. Now he's the evil villain. Keegan Bradley, Boston native, positive narratives, ball striking extraordinaire. Like there's guys you can lean to, but I don't have a lean. Like I just don't. I don't really either. So I'll take them one by one. Uh, Abraham answer really good off the tee. His around the green game is awful. I put him with Hovland in that, in that type of bucket. Mm-hmm. If you think that around the green gets masked, I think he's fine. If not, he's going to have a pretty quick exit. I think HV three is playing well. Henley. He's going to have to lean on the irons. If you want to go there. What about Sergio? Another live guy strong with the driver automatic. The rest of the game though, is pretty weak when you look at it. Yeah. I think he's such a bad putter that I, can't probably do it. Uh, even if he gets himself in play, he's got to make putts. Eventually we saw a decent string at the beginning of the season. It's kind of tailed off, started being negative in that regard, missed the cut at the PGA 23rd at the masters, no strokes gain data. Yeah. Off the tee. There's no doubt that he can be better than just about everybody else in this range, or even in the field, depending on the week. But um, the putting around the green game, iron play isn't exactly stellar. He's not capitalizing really on putting himself in good positions. So he might be a small buy, but that's kind of the way that I feel about everybody in this range. I mean, he's 1%. 
you could say a lot about Kokrak too in this range. Like he's very undermasked and he's got a solid all around game except for the chipping as well. I mean, shit, maybe we just play him. We play answer. We play Hovland in a lineup and we go on with our day. You, you can do that. The good thing about this range, unlike Sanjay and those, you play five, 10% of some of these guys, you're going to be over the field. So you don't need mm-hmm. to get crazy if you want to take them. Now, it, interesting enough, and I, I do think in US Opens, you can speak to both of these things. I made one make or miss the cut bet so far, and it was on KH Lee to miss the cut. Uh, I really think that he's going to struggle here, but I would agree that he has some serious upside. I didn't, you know, when you're talking about make or miss the cut, you're talking about median outcomes. KH Lee has shown when he is on, when the irons are dealing, I mean, the guy can win on tour. I do think he's going to get gobbled up here, but I see how you're going there in a tournament setting. He, he's a guy that fits the build of what you were saying about Sam Burns, where he goes out to the AT&T Byron Nelson shoots infinity under and he's set to go. Like that's, that's more of what he does. He's, he's a shootout specialist. I think at he this is. point is probably the right way of putting it Memorial, pretty bad results. But the one thing I will say is that uh, people aren't going to click on him because we've seen 53rd and miscut at the Charles Schwab. The main reason is the putter just abandoned him after a really nice streak of putting 25th Wells Fargo first AT&T 41st at the PGA where he was all gaining more than 2.5 strokes game putting lost two and a half at the Schwab and lost 4.2 at the Memorial even though he made the cut I know it's a much easier cut to make but for me it just comes down to if he's making putts again even if the off the tee game isn't the strongest his irons can be so positive from time to time it's been a really good uh early early or late spring early summer here for him in that department i i just think that upside wise completely unknown he's the guy i feel the most confident taking shots on we're gonna see he, he's played the us open three times he's over three on making the cut but he's yeah. another guy i think he's a much better player right now than some of those appearances. And the U.S. Open is a weird tournament. You can you get in by qualifying. So a lot of guys get in there, and they're really not tour-level, you know, week-in and week-out players, and they get absolutely crushed. So I wouldn't lean on those results too much. Sheamus has been playing good. He's made the cut at the players, the Masters, and the PGA. He feels a little overpriced, but the more you dig in, I think it's... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches hensonshavingcom slash holiday okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Probably warranted, so I'm okay with Seamus if you want to go there. Yeah, Seamus is just fine. Uh, once again, I really don't have any super strong lean. I, I think there's a case that could be made for an unowned uh, Luke List, Thomas Peters, like all these dudes, uh, the bottom end, Gary Woodland. Um, just kind of pick your dudes, I, I think, for the most part. Kevin Na, 16 to 1 on FanDuel for a top 10, feels pretty nice. Another evil live tour villain, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, which is hard because Kevin Na, I just think, is like a nice dude and had nice moments with Tiger once upon a time, you know, running putts into the hole, but short game specialists. So the exact opposite of what we're talking about with Hovland and, and Coke rack and some of these guys that just are, are horrendous in that kind of an ability. If it is very important and vital, you know, small greens, if you need to be getting up and down everywhere here, Kevin not goes to the exact opposite type of skill set. So I think seven K he might fit some of those builds where uh, decent enough. If he can be competent off the tee with some of these other guys, if it really comes down to just making pars, Kevin Knock can get it done. This is a range where I think you're looking at flyers, Millie type plays. I don't see any core plays. I don't see any cash plays. Same. Really low ownership across the board. And we had a couple questions on that. How do you find the ownership numbers on DK? You will find it once the tournament locks. It's right there. But you, of course, before the tournament, you can't see that. We projected on the site. 
you are interested in signing up and getting some of those tools, stochastic.com slash join. You can go right there, sign up, even if it's just for the week uh, and be part of the team here. In terms of how do you exploit ownership, it's it's not, I think one of the tricky things about ownership, and you could speak to this better than me, you do a great job with this. It's not saying a guy is super popular. I like him and now I can't play him. That is a mistake. If you like a guy and he's popular, all that means is you should now know you're going to have to play a healthy amount to get the leverage that you may want. If you love a guy and he's 40% owned and you play 30%, you are now rooting against yourself uh, because you don't have over the field. So it's just identifying who might be those popular plays and then determining, do you want to get over the field on them? under the field and avoiding pairing them up because then you'll have no path to victory. Yeah. And I think playing DFS and I'm, I'm fortunate where I get to cover a lot of sports and talk about ownership constantly because it's such an integral part of certain sports In a sport like basketball, there are guys that are 70% owned who could still be under owned. That should be a hundred percent owned because 70% isn't enough with their range of outcomes. They're a 3K guy like a DeMarcus Cousins absent Nikola Jokic, you should jam them. In baseball, we take it a step further where even Mike Trout, like the most variant sport, like Mike Trout can go 0 for 5 against an absolute gas can because the ball, he just hits it barely off the end of the bat, doesn't barrel it up. And now all of a sudden, a guy who's 30% who couldn't fail, so to speak, everybody says, is now failing. Golf is kind of the middle to me between those two types of sports, not quite in the NFL bucket where I still think you can look at volume being king, but in PGA DFS, there's still like a type of range of outcomes. And a guy like Rory, if he's towards the bottom end of his range, he can still maybe sneak through a cut on the number, but more than likely he's missing the cut. And that is a massive amount of leverage that you're gaining going somewhere else. And so when you're talking about these mid-range options, Sam Burns, you know, is the prime example this week for me. Everybody knows my love for him. Everybody is very, very aware that he's one of the guys that I believe in. I've talked about him for years now being an upstart that you wanted to buy into. And he's proven that with three wins this season. But when you're talking about 39% ownership, which, you know, maybe it doesn't get to that kind of a number. There's so much missed cut equity for a guy like that. There's so many opportunities where you can go to everybody else in the range. You have to really be specific with how you craft those lineups. So if I do click on Burns, which I still will, I've got to find some lower owned pieces so that I'm not holding hands along for the ride. And I'm not worried about min caches, the 15, 20% trying to do whatever, even in like a hundred or a $200 single entry. I'm worried about finishing first. I want to try to finish first every single time. So if I have Sam Burns in lineups, it's hard for me to imagine I'm going to have Sung Jay or Tony Finau along for the ride in those kind of lineups. So just be smart with how you craft everything together. Know that there's duplication possibilities, maybe leave two, 300 on the table, even in a single entry sense. So there's ways to avoid it. But on the whole, be aware, ownership, it is king for a reason. And in a sport like golf, that is the perfect combination of range of outcomes and in, in terms of playing leverage, uh, Sam Burns has just got to be a decrease for me this week. Well said. A couple of last guys before we dip to the real cheapies. Norin and Harmon are sitting at flat seven. I want to make a case for Brian Harmon, who has shown that he can kind of handle these conditions. First of all, he's made four or five cuts. He gained across the board at Memorial. He came in 18th. Look at his U.S. Open history. He's made four straight cuts in U.S. Opens. He was runner up. Uh, at one point, that was several years ago, but even after that 36, 38, 19th, you would sign for those uh, with a flat 7K range. He gains off the tee without being long. That can really translate. These are not long courses. They're just demanding. He's a crafty short game. He makes his fair share of putts. And I do think there are certain guys that just get USGA setups, and he is one of them. Uh, Norin is Norin. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> it's just Norin. He, in theory, should like this, but he really butchered me at the PGA. I thought that was a great spot, and he, he certainly did not play well. Yeah, your boy over here played in the U.S. Junior Am when he was 15 years old in Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland. That was some brutal rough for little kids like, you know, like me, just 130 pounds trying to hit a golf ball around the place. Brian Harmon dominated. He won medalist there along. Well, I, actually, I think he finished second to Sung uh, to Sung Kang. Um, oh, but Sung then he ends Kang. up winning. He wins the match play going down the line because that's how those USJ events work that aren't the US Open. You play match play till there's one. And Brian Harmon dominated the match play portion. Uh, he is a guy who sets up well for US Open venues. I've always believed that. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased towards it because I've seen it in person, but still. 
Uh, everything you talked about off the tee game, I, I like him as a bet. I think that you talked about that very nicely on the VOD. I think from DFS perspective, 7K flat, not a guy that I thought would be available at 7K. So it's it's nice to find some salary relief down there that that actually makes some sense. If you go lower, now we crash into the real cheapies, the 6K range. I looked at Molinari. I thought he stood out a little bit. Uh, Kisner is down there. Brandon Grace is back from Liv. And then it just gets wild. There's all sorts of names. So how low are you willing to go? Who do you think is maybe the options in the 6K if you have to land there? Do I even talk about Chris Goderup? How did I do that last week? That you you said I was partially responsible for Chris Goderup ownership. We know I Make wasn't. I, I'm not on. I don't know who that is. He was eleven percent. He was like eleven percent in the fifteen dollar. He lost five strokes off the day. Um, Twenty dollar, yeah. Uh, that was bad. That was bad. We don't we don't like that. And generally, that's what he's really really good at, from what I understand. Uh, they just bombs it. So yeah, probably going to be a tough uh, stomach here this week if that's going to continue. But I'll probably have a couple shots in 150 because why the hell not? Just hopefully everybody else in that lineup wins it for you. That's probably the best way of looking at it. You won't be popular this week. You got that going for you. I promise you people are not going to play him this week. Yeah, well, there you go. You're welcome, everybody. Can I talk you into any Scott Stallings? Oh my goodness. All right. That's good. I'm just saying he's a guy who, if he makes cuts, finds ways to just <laughs> randomly jump into the mix for stuff. Fourth at Charles Schwab, 25th Byron Nelson, 13th, 16th. We've seen some top 20s and some like non-zero events. His around the green game is horrendous too. Uh, the off the tee game hasn't exactly been positive by any means, but he gets such massive strokes gain approach weeks and putting weeks. And I don't know, he, you're trying to make a case for anybody down here. I feel better about him than Putnam, Nick Taylor, Arno. I really don't see anybody else I want to click on. I'm trying to make a case for him. So I think, again, Scott Stallings is a really good play if you say, I'm going to build a lineup and it plays slightly easier than people think. Yes. Scott Stallings can score. If this is brutal, I don't know how he competes because his best asset is that he makes a lot of birdies. He's not going to be able to avoid the damage. So for me, you have a perfect pivot. Lucas A. Bear is the opposite. That guy's got crazy short game. He's gained around the green and with the putter in three straight events. He gained nine strokes putting at the PGA Championship. At the Arnold Palmer, he gained eight and a half strokes putting and six strokes around the green in the same tournament. So he gained 15 strokes with this short game. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> he is built for that. So I think you want to decide between plays like that. Stallings, if you think the winning score is maybe like, you know, 10 to 12 under. Uh, maybe a guy like Lucas A. Bear, if you think the winning score is three under something along those lines, it gets pretty bad pretty quickly. I mean, Wyndham Clark, Mackenzie Hughes, Stewart St. Chapel. I- I'm-, I'm looking at these names. I find myself uh, not looking to go to them. Ryan Fox, who's a bomber. Eh, it's pretty rough. I mean, Bo Hostler as a YOLO, like have a share or two, but my God. Yeah. You, you talked about it. it. There's nothing down here whatsoever. I, I'd be hard pressed to click on anybody sub 6,500 other than Hostler and a couple. I got a couple names for you though. We got a couple. Oh, minutes. Okay. Okay. So these guys are not all sub 65, but a couple names with got her up. You've got Joel Dahman at 66 and Sam Horsfield at 66. Trader. So, so I'm just saying <laughs> I, it's all right. I'm playing Kevin. No, it's fine. Um, yeah. Sam Horsfield, whatever. Uh, Joseph Bramlett, whatever. Who is the other guy you said? Uh, Joel Dahman's all right. I mean, he's at least a tour player who has done things before, but uh, doesn't feel for Rosie, uh, Rose. What am I even saying? Doesn't feel warm and fuzzy clicking the name here in his current form. Uh, but that's probably why you click it from the clouds. Probably somebody that could actually play decent enough. I, I really don't see anything else. I mean, I'm going to play a tiny bit of Chris Goddard up because I have to. I'm required by law now. Uh, <laughs> Thorborn Olsen, Olsen, maybe. Just uh, cool Danish dude. Why not? I, I, I hate everything down here. I, I don't. This is not like a PGA Tour event where we have a lot of choices. 
it, it turns into guys who Monday qualified and six K plays that make no sense. And like my boy, Stuart Hagestad from Newport beach here, who, you know, won the U S mid am, uh, is uh, played in the masters, things like that. But, uh, I just, I just hate this entire range. It's going to be tough. Uh, Shad is bringing up Denny McCarthy, my guy who I abandoned at the Memorial and then he really exploded. So he's gained five or more strokes putting in four straight events, which is basically impossible, but he is the best putter (laughs) in the world. He's gained strokes putting in every event since January. I just don't know if he can survive off the tee. Uh, I, I think similar to Kevin Na, those are the type of questions you have to ask with him. He did at Memorial. Credit to him. He somehow lost three, three and a half strokes off the tee, but he gained seven around the green. That's a mega outlier. That's the career best for him on tour by three full strokes around the green. <laughs> That's something that you have to realize is not going to happen again. I'm okay with Denny McCarthy. I'm certainly not looking to get to him though. Everything reeks of cute play syndrome down here. I will say this, though, as we kind of uh, wrap up and talk a little lineup construction, and and Chad has already mentioned it, everyone is thinking the same thing. This range sucks. I'm going to go balanced with Xander and land in the low sevens as my last man in. That is going to be the common build. If you can force and find a guy through the cut in the sixes, you're going to differentiate and you're going to have access to Rahm and Rory if you want to do that. Yeah. Bo Hostler, play well. Do you think he can survive? He's another one all over the place with the ball striking. Yeah, but I mean, just amateur pedigree, a guy that has now started to to show some consistent results on tour, four straight made cuts. There's at least things that I can pull in and just an extreme short game guy. I mean, his I, I, I've said this a lot now. I just think he's got the best short game I've ever seen in person in my life. He's just outrageous. Some of the shots he can hit, what he can do. Uh, and then he just rolls the rock at an elite level. I mean, we see massive strokes game putting numbers from him. And when he does that, he just competes. So like Bo Hostler, just get me across the, just make a cut. If he made the cut, I would just be ecstatic because he's probably the name that I end up clicking on the most. And if I try to go to something where I'm forcing somebody down here uh, in like a, like a three max, he would probably then be the name that I feel the most confident clicking. I don't anticipate doing much of anything here. Uh, I did look at the shout out to Pat May. I looked at Harry Hall quite a bit, but I'm not sure I can do any of this. I think it's a little unnecessary. Tomorrow night, me and Jason Rosner can get it into our lineup construction. I haven't built, so I don't know. If I click in, you know, I want Rom Decky. Does that mean I have to take someone in the 6K range? And how low do I need to go? Uh, I, I don't know exactly how how to answer that right now, because I think that it's a little precarious sub 65. Some of these guys are going to make the cut. Most of them are not. And again, top 60 and ties. It's going to be a graveyard down here. Really is. And best of luck to all of us involved trying to make like somebody think down here. Six of six. And I'm here it, for it. I love that. Yeah, it could be really, really fun. Again, I cannot stress leverage at a U.S. Open enough because crazy things happen here. Guys, you thought were mortal locks to make cuts. Hit one wayward drive. It ends up buried in the rough. They don't find it. They cross another one over. And this can happen to Rory or JT or anybody. It could happen to anybody in the field. So just be on high alert. This, This is one of those tournaments that I feel... Like I, I care more about what my lineups look right after lock than how the results end up panning out. Like I, I will stress more about what my lineups look like compared to other lineups and making sure that I played the, the, the uh, ownership game correctly rather than how I actually do. No doubt about it. Again, the masters, you see guys play for like two decades. They make, you know, 18, 20 cuts in a row. You don't see that at us opens. Everybody struggles at us opens. It's just, it's like the players. There's just a lot of variance when you're talking about that, thoughts at Gooch at 7-5, I think he's fine. Uh, right. His around the green game is very, very crafty at times. Traitor. Min Woo Lee, perfect way to end the show. Honestly, I think he's in the conversation with Hostler. I don't see any reason why he would play good, but he has randomly popped. He came in 14th at the Masters. If you're trying to win the million dollars and you want a guy like that, I think that's fine. Don't. I would not go anywhere near him in single entry. Uh, yeah, nowhere near uh, what 14th at the masters last year. Is that the yeah. one? Re- yeah. That's the one result he has. Uh, yeah, sure. Cool. He did it one time. That's nice. Uh, he's, he is literally a, a un, 
distinguishable face to me. I don't know what he looks like, but I don't know what anybody in this range looks like, really. So why not just click on it? There you have it, folks. If you have any questions, at JazzRazDFS, at Eric Winquist. We have an absolutely fantastic week of golf ahead of us. We're going to be doing a lot of things here and at Odd Chopper. And again, I just want to say from everybody here at Stochastic, we love that you guys support us. If you want to support us a little more, hit that like button on your way out. And again, shout out to Prize Picks. Get over there. Promo code Osmo. Match that first upon us bonus up to $100 for me, for Eric, for Tyler behind the glass. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy. I will see you all tomorrow night talking lineup construction, weather, tea times, and everything in between. Until then, take care. Talk soon. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.